Breaking the cycle to step forward. Authentic conversations from lived experience and a professional perspective in overcoming abuse with Chris Tuck and Beverly Ann. Hi everyone and welcome to Breaking the Cycle to Step Forward podcast. Have you got five minutes? With me, Chris Tuck and... Myself, Beverly Ann, and this Yay! is September's Q&A. Hello. <laughs> Hello and welcome. So I believe, Bev, that we've had some feedback from someone who's listened to our podcast. Are you able to read that out for us? I can. And this is following podcast number 10 about pregnancy and child um, having children, pregnancy and having children, um, part one. And there's also episode 11, which is part two. And this, I'm not going to read out the name, but this was a midwife who contacted us. Yeah. And she was saying um, she was a midwife and she's very keen to raise the awareness of trauma in maternity um, journey and how this is embedded she said her own story includes her own very difficult, in fact, blindsiding transition into being a mum. And she's wow. on her healing journey. But there is yeah. still so much she wants to learn. And she's, you know, she's a midwife. We don't talk about enough trauma when we're when they're training in midwifery, let alone when we're pregnant. We don't mention it. It's never spoken. So she's been doing a lot of um, research on her own into ACEs and the stress in the body and reading books such as The Body Keeps the Score by Dr. Bessel van der Kolk um, and also Childhood Dis um, Disrupted. And she's really aware now of the detrimental effects of having trauma history and she would like it to have the attention it needs. Her biggest question after mm -hmm. all of that was, how can she become more involved in raising awareness to this? Yeah. And I think that's the question that most people want to ask. So for me, if it's to do with our podcasts, it is to comment on the podcasts, to send in questions, to send in feedback, whether they agree with us or not, because we are interested in having a debate, having a conversation around all of our podcasts. It's about sharing our podcasts on all social media platforms so it gets heard and picked up by more people. Um, sharing it with fellow professionals. So that midwife, for example, it would be fantastic if she just sent links in to our podcast to... Um, the people that are running these hospitals for them to hear it would be fantastic um also inviting us along to um professional environments to do lunch and learns or even doing webinars you know do it digitally do it online um and also inviting us to speak at their events yeah we are yeah. open to all of this and also apply to be a guest on our show and bring to us and our listeners what has your journey been like what has helped you what has hindered you and what would you like to see change so that midwife for example if we could get her on as a guest because she's got the professionalism of working in her environment she knows what works what doesn't 
she's got years, I would assume, of professional experience of working with um, mothers, mothers-to-be. She's gone for it herself. She knows what it feels like. She can tell us what is needed. Yeah. So that would be a whole brand new conversation in itself. And it, that would be fantastic. Absolutely. And I think what's important as well for us to highlight here as well, something that was we, we talked about before we started recording is how many people due to the trauma and the abuse that they've experienced beforehand have made a decision, whether it be consciously or subconsciously, not to go ahead and have children through um, pregnancy because they may have mm -hmm. decided to go through other routes. Um, because they had this fear of the impact of trauma um, or they felt isolated. And when I say fear, I'm very much a believer in people having informed choice and not being making decisions based on fear or being dictated to by other people's beliefs um, and misguided information. So informed choice is paramount so the biggest thing as well for me um and that we spoke about is how in pregnancy we don't talk about trauma mm. i want to caveat here because there are a cohort of people that understand about trauma and its impact on the body before they get pregnant but i believe that's few and far between I didn't know about trauma until after I'd given birth and I had that postnatal depression and then I had that slide into a breakdown. So that's how I learned about adverse childhood experiences and stress in the body and all of that. I, All of the abuse that I'd suffered as a child, all I ever wanted was a child of my own to love. I didn't know that this thing called trauma existed. I didn't know my body was holding on to everything during pregnancy, giving birth and afterwards. I didn't know any of that. It's only with hindsight and looking back that I know this, yeah? But would I have liked information back then when I was pregnant? Yes, because that would have given me empowerment to go through my pregnancy and birth in control not scared and not um having the impact that all of that had on me as an individual what about you absolutely the same so i didn't consciously understand or know that that past trauma would affect me in pregnancy I do remember as I became pregnant and started to go to the hospital for checkups that I, I mentioned once or twice that I'd been sexually abused, but it wasn't received in any way. Right. It was like, oh, okay. Um, so I thought, oh, am I being overdramatic mentioning that? Right. What I didn't realise was actually I was being triggered a lot. And it did have an impact, and I'd miscarried as well beforehand. Right. So there's all of that. And so for me, I thought I, I isolated myself and thought I was the one that was abnormal. So 
when I went for the, my scans and, you know, when I was getting off, I was really holding myself together because my legs felt like jelly. I was like, yeah, wow, there's a living, breathing human being in my body. And I've been a disassociating from my body. But a lot of that became subconscious. I pushed it down and suppressed it. And um, I have two children and I didn't realise like, consciously only wanted boys believing at that time that I could mm-hmm. keep boys safer because right. I'm a girl and I got yeah. abused. And back then we didn't have the knowledge that we have now. Um, and it was when I had a daughter, the responsibility, it was like, mm-hmm. whoa. And it was as she was young that's for me when I will say the walls start closing in postnatal depression. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever you want to call it but I remember thinking you know bouncing along at first thinking I can do this I can do this yeah 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 and suddenly it's like the walls are closing in and there's you feel like you're losing control and for me that was because I was listening to all those myths you know because I've been abused I'm going to abuse I'm going to be yeah. that awful person also that responsibility how would I keep my daughter and my son safe how would I keep them both safe you know that kind of thing so it was then that I was able to reach out well I reached out to the Samaritans and they put me in touch with a charity which is Family Matters and I don't mind sharing that Mm -hmm. so would I have wanted to know yes I would have wanted to know um and that very first time when I went to um to the doctors etc if I'd been given some information yeah so even just to highlight it, just to make me think, oh, I'm normal and yeah. I can get in further information if I choose to. And help and support. Yeah. And I will be honest as well, I didn't actually formally make a decision to be pregnant. And I think that's what some of it was, because I always said I didn't want children till I was much older. I was still late 20s, but in yeah. my mind, I was like, I'll have children later. Right. I think... In this day and age, in 2023, knowing what we know about adverse childhood experiences and trauma and pregnancy, childbirth, etc., there's enough of us that know this stuff now, the impact. I think there is a duty of care for health practitioners, especially in midwifery, perinatal care, post, pre and postnatal care, that there should at least be a leaflet some guidance, some advice, just freely available, just to say, have you ever, for example, have you ever suffered adverse childhood experiences? And this could include child abuse, sexual abuse, whatever the wording, but be very specific, be very clear and concise and just have it there. Like you do, do you suffer from domestic violence? Have you ever suffered HIV? These are leaflets are all just there. Yeah. So it should just be a leaflet. Now, if I was sitting in my GP waiting for one of my anti, my perinatal um, checkups, um, you know, before you give birth, those checkups, I've forgotten what it's called. Antenatal. So long ago. (laughs) Antenatal. There you go. Yeah. Um, If I'd seen one of those leaflets, I would have gone, wow, I would have picked it up. I would have read it. And if I'd read in there, if you've been abused, this could affect your pregnancy journey. 
in these ways. And if you feel you need to talk to someone or get help and support along your journey at any time, here's some phone numbers or here's some resources that you can access. I would have been, oh, my God. And I would have looked into all of that and I would have actively done something about all of the whole journey yeah. because what I went through afterwards not knowing that it was normal to respond in the way that I did to those abnormal experiences I had as a child if I knew that was normal the mental health impact and the physical health impact would have been so much less it just absolutely would have been. absolutely and I didn't go to the you know the classes that you can go to the before you have the baby love yeah <laughs> The evening classes, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I yeah. didn't go to them because, you know, what um they they said what they'll do is talk to us, uh, talk us through different things that happen. If something goes wrong at birth, that mm. absolutely scared the life out of me yeah. because already I was going through a natural birth. As that yeah. was my choice, as much as my body was going to allow it. Um, and I didn't realize what I was doing. That was through fear was mm -hmm. like, I'm not going there. And so yep. I just sh shut it away and I went to see Ghost, I think it was, twice with Patrick Swayze and Demi, Demi Moore. He's worth going to see, isn't he? Bless him. Oh, yeah. And it did help. Now what I realise is that was mindfulness. But when it came to the actual birth, yeah. oh, it, it absolutely, I was absolutely scared as we, we spoke about. We spoke about, yeah. Um, and the impact and it, it could have been so different. And I'm not, you know, as always, we want to say that this is not in any way finger pointing or anything. It's about making change. It's about having these conversations to enable change because we can't change what's happened in the past. But what we can do is use that experience to make changes going to the future. But to know that I wouldn't be the only one, that some of the things I was feeling was normal, to know that I could access you know, and to know that I was being being commissioned, being given permission. So yeah. saying that I was a survivor of abuse was hard enough telling strangers anyway, but then for it to yeah. be dismissed was like, whoa, okay, I'll shut up then. And yeah. that impacts on the shame still that you're carrying. And then yeah. afterwards to have that midwife not spoke, speak to me because I was choosing not to breastfeed because I didn't want to impact my trauma onto my mm -hmm. children yeah you know and react maybe that would have helped in that circumstance so that's why this is you know very passionate about this and that's why I'm so pleased to have heard from a midwife because it, yeah. it makes who's, a big difference who's understood where we were coming from with the podcast number 10 and 11 and actually on our page to try and get that message out there uh, more clearly now, what I do want to share with everyone that the Survivors Trust, I've got a program and it's called Check With Me First. Yeah. And it's about working within the NHS, raising awareness about any kind of treatment that a survivor is having. So whether it be pregnancy, whether it be chemotherapy, whatever the treatment is, is please check with me first. Don't do nothing to me about me without involving me. So check with me first. So I just wanted to bring attention to that program because as you said, Bev, 
it's learning from the past experiences to make changes so that everybody has a better response. So it's less triggering and less traumatizing. Yeah, Absolutely. we don't want to go back there. No, we don't. And we were at a NHS conference only last week, yeah. which I personally found very triggering. If okay, I'm okay, do you want to honest. share? Yes, because there, there's this fear when we talk about abuse, particularly sexual abuse. Yeah. And there's a big fear around this, even with professionals. Yeah. And we heard it on that day. You know, oh, how we were, it was all about mental health. How many times did we hear about abuse being spoken? I personally, throughout the whole day that I attended, heard it twice, but it was like in a sentence. It wasn't really explained or explored. Yeah. The best was right at the end. Yes. So it, everything was talk, spoken about mental health. And when I brought something up, a subject up, um, about a gateway for mental health, I asked about some information to do with abuse. And I said, you know, particularly, let's, you know, I specialise in sexual abuse because it's the least abuse that anybody wants to talk about. Yep. And straight away, um, someone in their professional capacity shut me down. It was like, no, that's deep trauma. You can't go there. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> hold on a minute. When we're talking about mental health, do people walk through the door with different labels on them? Oh, I've experienced this level of trauma. I've experienced the little traumas. I've experienced more traumas or do you know what I've experienced these big huge traumas that you don't actually want to ask me about at the moment yeah. and and for me I find that very frustrating now mm -hmm. there are always two sides so there's a safeguarding issue but yeah. surely if there was more training more awareness you know when you're talking about the lunch and learns um, workshops mm -hmm. if there was more awareness more um, conversations where people mm -hmm. feel safe to ask those questions any questions simple or complicated yeah and and the other thing people are fighting to do is offend and I'll what I always say and I know you do is look if it's asked with the best intentions it won't yeah, offend it won't what offend. offends me more is someone <laughs> shutting down and yes. Um, and by and, God, guys, she got angry, did our Bev. She was oh. not happy. <laughs> <laughs> and because, fully, I'm behind yeah, you. Because this person was in a high position mm -hmm. of psychology and there was another person as well in um, occupational therapy. And, you know, if they're not able to have this conversation, mm -hmm without being fearful themselves wow what are you radiating off because I'm a survivor and a professional and I got it straight away and you know what Bev carrying on from that conversation see we veered off but this is what we do guys and this is where the magic is um there are so many professionals that I know that are survivors but will not say they're survivor in their um, professional field because they've all said to me they are looked at differently. And sadly, that is the old belief and the old way of working. We know that for many years. One of the best things I went to was back in 2017 was um, a, um, the launch of a new booklet, and I've still got it, um, uh, it was released by the British Psychological Society. 
and it was about sexual abuse. And there were seven presenters and six of them were at their own different stage of revealing that they were survivors. Victims, survivors, whatever word is right, thrivers for you. Um, and I even to, I, it makes me go goosebump because I remember being in that audience thinking, wow, this is the start of transition. And what I love about the British Psychological Society, because I'm I am a, a member, and um when I get the the magazines through, um they share lived experience in different stories and I embrace that and we need to embrace that further especially within the medical remit because lived experience as we heard last week at the mental health conference is a vital and recognized now um, mode of expertise Absolutely. And I want to back that up as well. I'm actually um, presenting uh, in Edinburgh at the end of September at an ISPSCAN, I-S-P-C-A-N event. So it's an international, basically child safeguarding event. And I'm going to be uh, presenting with Dr. Teresa Redmond, who I work with at the University of East Anglia. Uh, uh, Anglia Ruskin University and um, we are speaking about the lived experience from a professional perspective but also from having personal lived experience and marrying that up and making sure that whatever institution is trying to make a change cultivate a cultural change a difference within their workforce um, uh, for their service users so whoever it is that they used the lived experience of the service user that they are working with, because that is where you get specific change that is relevant in treating, helping, supporting that particular group that you're working with. So it's so and important. Absolutely. And as we heard last week at the, the, the mental health conference, it's the nuances. Yeah. When you've when you're a service provider, but also a service user, yeah. so when you provide a service professionally, but you've also you've got lived experience, yeah, you understand the nuances. Yeah. And you're not having to reveal your whole life nope. experience to someone, but for you know, someone that you're working with. You know, I know, I can see in seconds, if I mention that I'm a survivor, I already know when they're not, without even speaking, it's the way the body reacts. And that, yeah. that that's not even done with malicious intent. No. Sometimes you see the fear, as I saw last week, and it got shut down. But um, sometimes it's the discomfort, and other times it's like, oh, and they want to ask more. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But you can also tell when someone is comfortable. Yeah, because you yeah. don't you don't have to explain everything. Yeah. But, you know, going back to the original sort of question, how can people get involved with the work that we do? I think we've clearly explained it at the beginning, but it's also about taking what they learn, either from this podcast, from books they read, from their professional environment, from other conversations that they have with others and taking their expertise and lived experience and having those conversations with 
the next person, taking it to their organisation, starting up a group, for example, um, just whatever you feel you can manage to do, but try and pass the baton on a little bit so we make a small circle into a massive circle. So it's dropping that pebble into the pond and just seeing the ripple effect go outwards. Um, because, you know, we we know other lived experience survivor thrivers who are absolutely smashing it work-wise with what they're doing. And then there's others that feel like they're not getting anywhere. And I'm just saying here right now, whatever work you're doing, it's all valid. It's all valuable. Just keep knocking at those doors like we are keep knocking at the doors and just try and move forward with what you truly believe in. And it will make positive change for others around. Absolutely. And you might never get to know who you're actually helping until you might get an email or a little message or, um, you know, you'll get something, some kind of recognition that you've touched somebody, you've helped somebody move forward. And that's what all of this is for. Absolutely. So well said. So how do people get in contact with us? Well, first and foremost, our email address is breaking the cycle to, and that's a T-O, not the number two, um, step forward at gmail.com. We made it nice and long for you all. <laughs> if you're watching this as a video, you can comment below and we'll see your comment and come back to you. If you also in the links in the wording underneath the video, there will be um, the contact as well. If you're listening to us, um, you can pass us on. And if you're listening to us in, for instance, Apple, and somebody listens in Spotify, that's okay because we're on all different platforms. So we haven't just followed one person. We're on Google. You can even ask Alexa and she'll find us on Mintwave Radio. So Alexa, please find Breaking the Cycle Two Step Forward podcasts. So, or you can Google us. We're, we're easily found. With regards to asking us about um, working with you, please contact us again through all of these um, places. There's a link if you're listening to us in the um, podcast information. Remember to follow us or subscribe, as they say, and contact us and we'd be happy to have a conversation with you and find out what it is you're looking for, budgets, etc. Yeah, lovely. So we need to wrap that up today because have you got five minutes is turned into 30 plus, 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 I can imagine. All right. So we will see you in the next podcast, everyone. Take care of yourselves and bye for now. And can I just say we're just about to finish on 30 minutes exactly for a change. Ooh, wow. that's I'm impressed. I am impressed. <laughs> so thank you, everyone, again. and Bye bye from me.